Well, if you have your Bibles or electronic devices, you either click to or turn to Isaiah chapter 62. Isaiah chapter 62 is where we're going to be this, this morning, and we're going to look at this issue. fact is, the title of this message is called, is called More Hunger. And so I'm going to talk to you about this issue of fasting. Now listen, you may have never heard someone talk on this subject. You may never have fasted. You may have never gone without a meal. You never may have gone without something for spiritual purposes. And so this morning, I just want to talk to you about this subject. And, and actually, it's a natural progression because last week we talked about prayer. This week we're talking about fasting. And when you come to the place in your spiritual life, when you couple them together, when you put prayer and fasting together, I pray promise you God does something special in a people group. God does something special in your life. And so you may have never considered this ever in your life. And so this morning, I would just ask that you would just walk with me through these passages. You'd walk with me through what God has for us. And then it would be my, it is my goal and it's my dream and it's my prayer, however you want to phrase that, that you will join with us. Today starts 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Fellowship the Rockies. It's one of the first times that we've ever done this, that we've coupled this with prayer. And so we have a prayer guide for you. You may have gotten this when you, you came in uh, with some scriptures and some guides and some helps. And um, this week we're, we're praying and focusing on your relationship. And then you also were given, given some notes. And so I just need to make this this this. No, this this announcement for all all you OCD people, like there's a mistake in our notes. Oh no, right? Uh, there's a mistake in our notes. So when we come down to point three, there's like three areas of fasting or three types of fasting. There's actually four, and so you're gonna have to like make a blank for yourself and make a point for yourself if you're following along with the notes, okay? And so because I know, I mean, my wife is OCD, and it freaks her out when she when we don't get all the blanks. Filled filled in or when there's a surprise blank. And so uh, for those of you that are OCD, in fact, is my wife's not really OCD. She says she's CDO because she just has trouble because the letters are out of order. And so, uh, so, so, I mean, so anyway, I better get off of that. She may be streaming this and I don't want to get in trouble. So Isaiah chapter 62, and we're going to look at this issue of fasting. And, and so you may say, well, what is the big deal about fasting? Well, Jesus made a big deal about fasting. The Sermon on the Mount was like his first sermon. It was how to live the Christian life and the kingdom of God and what that looked, a lot, looked like. And Jesus is the one that says, hey, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. In other words, for Jesus, which is kind of normative, this is just kind of the life of the believer. This is one of the, the secret disciplines. This is one of the quiet disciplines. This is one of the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. And Jesus is the one that says, when you fast, when you pray, when you give. And you find in Jesus' ministry, you find in Jesus' life, he fasted all the time. In fact, is you can go through the scripture and you can find that people fasted. They went without daily nourishment to, to, uh, to help them understand a greater awareness of God. In other words, they withheld something from them as a spiritual discipline. And whenever they ha had those hunger pains, it gave them awareness of God. It helped them to understand that the words that Jesus said were true. Jesus said this, that man does not live by, the bre by bread alone, but by the very word of God. Listen, I'm telling you, I've had a discipline of fasting. I haven't talked about this a whole lot uh, in my ministry, but Karen and I, we have fasted for a number of, not for a number of years. We fasted throughout some times and throughout some 
seasons. And so we've had a discipline. And so we fasted a meal. We fasted two meals. We fasted a day. We fasted three days. Many of you know our story. There was a time that we fasted for 40 days and we prayed over Pueblo, Colorado. And so that was like an extended fast. That would be an extreme fast. And, and so you just make sure you're able to do that. And so this morning, listen, I'm telling you, I'm coming at this not as someone that's just walking through Scripture and saying, you should do this. This has meant everything to me in my Christian life. Fact is, this is one of the things that has deepened my Christian life is coming to the place because the title of this message is More Hunger, that God desires more for us. He, it, the, the relationship with Christ is just not some vocational thing that we do. It's not some intellectual thing that we do. It's not some religious thing that we do that we just kind of gather together. We, hear, we sing some songs. We hear a sermon. We pray some prayers. We walk away like that has nothing to do with our daily life. And then we gather again and we go through that rhythm all over again. Well, fasting helps you to understand. It helps you to connect what happens on the weekend to what happens in your daily life. It helps you to understand and create for you and create for me this deeper hunger. In other words, what you're saying and what I'm saying is when we fast is, God, I, I got a deeper hunger for you than anything that this world has to offer. And I long for you and I long a relationship and a deep relationship with you. Whenever you fast, there's something that happens and God surprised you. Let me ask you, when was the last time God showed up in your situation? When was the last time God just surprised you to where you walked away from that situation and you said, you know what, that was God. There's no other way I can explain it. That's just God. God just showed up in my situation. The last time that it happened to me was actually in, in Israel. And, and some of the people that were with us in Israel, I think they're, they're in this service. And, and so they were with us that day. But it was the day that we, we took a boat ride and we went across the Sea of Galilee. In fact, is Matt's story. Uh, reminded me of that. And so we, we go and we get on this boat to go across the Sea of Galilee. And, and it was a pretty small boat. And so that, that day, and just a little bit about that, that day Brittany was getting her, what was called her graduation MRI. Uh, Brittany with a brain tumor, our daughter, many, many of you know our journey. She'll never, ever go through the place to where she'll never have to get an MRI because of the type of tumor that she has. But it was her graduation MRI that if the MRI came back good, she would go from an MRI every three months to every six months. So it was a huge deal for the Jones family. And so, so our team knew that, and, and we'd been praying about that. And we, we step onto the boat at the Sea of Galilee. And, and when we stepped onto the boat, we didn't, we didn't pick the music, and we had nothing to do with the music. But we, picked, we stepped onto the boat, and they were playing two worship songs that, that everybody knew were our worship songs. They're the worship songs that that carried us through Brittany's journey and Brittany's cancer journey. And so uh, we, we got on the boat, and everybody kind of knew things were different. And then, then we started kind of worshiping as the music was playing. We're going out, out across the Sea of Galilee. And then, then an unbelievable thing happened. A storm came up. And so the storm came up, and, I mean, wind was blowing sideways, and the waves were crashing into the side of the boat. And, and everybody was talking about the different storms and Jesus and the disciples. And, and so we got out to the center of the Sea of Galilee, and, I, and, and so they decided, we'll just cut the engines. And so he cut the engines, and, and uh, I did something as a pastor that you're never supposed to do. Uh, they teach us that you, you, you're careful about reading out of your journey because you may touch too much of your emotion and, like, lose it in front of a bunch of people. And so I just I told our group, I said, you know what, I'm just going to take a risk. 
And I'm just going to read out of my journey because some of you may be in a storm. We're in a storm right now. And some of you may have been in a storm. We've been in a storm with Brittany. And so I walked through just the principles of going through a storm. And we talked about different storms. And, and, and some people in our group had, were going through storms as well. And so we, we talked about that. And then we prayed. And after we prayed, Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen, and we looked up. The, the wind ceased. The, uh, the, uh, the clouds parted. And there a rainbow formed over the Mount of Beatitudes. It did something to our group. That wasn't just for me, and that wasn't just for Karen. That was for our whole group. And all of a sudden, we got really, really quiet. And we just went back to the back of the boat, and we all just kind of stared. It took pictures, but stared at this rainbow that had formed over the Sea of, ba- of Gal- uh, over the, the Mount of De- Beatitudes. And, and it was just a reminder that, you know what? God is with us. See, there's something about this issue of fasting. It helps to remind us that he is with us, that we have this hunger, this desire for him. And so for the next 20, 21 days, we're just going to pray and fast. I'm asking God. I'm asking God to do some huge things in our church. I'm asking God to do a deepening. I'm asking God to do some things in your life, in our community's life. This could be the greatest 21 days in the history of our church where people just join together and just fasted and just prayed and just sought him for their personal life and for their, their ministry and for their church. And so I just want to give you three things as we walk through this, and then you can make a decision about how, what fits for you and your schedule and your commitment. So, <coughs> so the first one is this, is why we fast. I mean, that, that could be an honest question. Is help you to understand, oh, why do we fast? Why does Scripture talk about this? Why is this so important? And so uh, Isaiah chapter 62, verse 1 For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until our righteousness goes forth as brightness and our salvation as a burning torch. And so Pastor Isaiah, he's a prophet. He's in his community. He's leading a church there in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, he realized that Jerusalem is going through some horrible stuff. I mean, he's watching the news. He's reading the newspaper. He's hearing all the social indicators. He's hearing all the crimes that are taking place in his community. He's hearing all the negative things that are, he- that are happening in his community. And he knows it's a result of the actions of people. I mean, he knows it, that what he's reading in the news and what he's hearing on, on the TV and all of those reports, he knows that it's the result of the sinful actions of people. And all of a sudden, Isaiah has this moment. And he's like, Jerusalem, we were made for more than this. We were made for more. We don't have to live like this. It shouldn't be in our community. These things should not be said of our community. These things should not be done in our community. And and, and he comes to place, he's like, this is ridiculous. And he begins to start praying and fasting for his city. He helps them to understand that, guess what? We were made for more than this. We were made for righteousness. We were made for for him. It doesn't have to be this way. In other words, in our context, we could basically say the same thing about Pueblo, right? When we read the newspaper, when we see the TV, and we see the news reports, we hear the crime and everything that's coming out of our city to where we could raise up and say, you know what, Pueblo, it doesn't have to be like this. We, we were made for more than this. I mean, we were made for, we were made for him. We're made to be in a relationship. Listen, we've always said this about Fellowship the Rockies. Pueblo, Colorado should be a better place because Fellowship the Rockies is here. 
That's why we're so involved in community ministries. That's why we have a ministry in the Pueblo County Jail. That's why we adopt schools. That's why we do some of the things that we do in this community because we believe that. And so the question that Isaiah was asking his church there in Jerusalem, he said, do you long for more? I mean, do you long for a greater hunger for God? For God to do something deeper in your marriages or your relationships or your daily life or your job or your community? I mean, do you... Do you long for more than just kind of gathering together and hearing some songs and and hearing a sermon or or singing some songs and hearing a sermon, praying some prayers, and then walking away and having nothing to do with like, like the community and all of those other things? Or do you long for more? To where we gather and to where we assemble, to where we know one another, we pray for one another, we encourage one another, we support one another. Man, I wish everybody in some respects had, had kind of like, like, like what, what Karen and I have like with our life group. Our life group is like a family to us. In our life group, I mean, we know them and they know us. We know, they know our hang-ups and we know their hang-ups. And, and, uh, and we tease each other. We make fun of each other. But, but we're a family. I mean, every Tuesday night when we head to life group, we're like, it's like a family reunion. Tuesday morning when I get up, I'm excited about life group. I'm excited about coming into community with other believers and opening scriptures together and praying together. Man, this last week when I watched some of the baptisms, I saw entire life groups here cheering on people. Some of the toughest funerals that I've done were made easier because when I stood up, all of a sudden I saw their life group there. And saying, you don't have to go through this alone. And we're here with you. See, this is what Isaiah was doing. He was coming to the place. And he was long. listen, he was longing for more. And they were longing for more. Listen, we were made for more. He created us to have a relationship with him that is life-giving, that is personal, that is a relationship. This is, listen, this issue of fasting, it was, Jesus said this. Jesus says there's some prayers that are only answered by prayer and fasting. Do you, do you have that prayer request? Do you have that thing that you've been asking God to do for like years? And for whatever reason, he hadn't done it? Have you ever thought this may be the answer? To where you would just come at a deeper level with him and experience in him at a deeper level? See, the problem is so many times, especially with this issue of food, and we can talk about that. We're so good at feeding the body, but we're not so good at feeding the soul. Fasting is we just come to this place and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed the soul. I'm going to feed the soul at a deeper level, and I'm going to long for you because you have created me for more. There's some reasons that we fast, and one is, is we just come into this place as Pastor Isaiah, and we hunger for the, for the name of God to be lifted up. We just hunger for the name of God to be lifted up. We hunger for the name of God to be lifted up in our community, um, in our church, in our family. He goes on, verses 1 and 2, and says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth, his brightness, her salvation is a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and she shall be called by a new name. The, that the mouth of the Lord will give. And so he's, he's, he's longing for and he's praying for that his community be transformed and his situation be transformed. In verse 7 he says, 
and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Isaiah understood that, guess, guess what? We are blessed to be a blessing. So many times we think the blessings are all for us, but God has blessed us so we could bless others. God has blessed us so we could minister to others. And so he displays his holiness through people. And that's why, listen, that's why it's so important to be a part of a local church. That's why it's so important to gather and to assemble together to where we serve one another, we love one another, we pray for one another, we encourage one another, we support one another. And so one of the hungers that we have is, is we just hunger for his name to be lifted up, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's in our church, whether it's in our community. The second thing is this, we hunger to see the glory of God in the people of God. We hunger just to see the glory of God in the people of God. When we begin to pray about our, for our city, we pray about our, for our nation, and we pray that God's glory would be shown in the people to where we come to this place, to where we, we just say, you know what, we're just going to fast and we're going to pray and we're going to enter into this intimacy with him and we're going to ask him to do some special things. See, this, this one. This one, we long to see the glory of God and the people of God. We long to see God glorify himself through people where his name is lifted up. That was what led us into the 40-day fast. In 1998, we'd gone up to the mountains with, with some of our pastors. Kurt Dodd was a senior pastor then. And, and so we'd gone up to the mountains. We're having this little pastor's retreat, and we're talking about Fellowship of the Rockies in Pueblo, Colorado. And so we were praying, and so... Kurt goes, after we prayed, Kurt goes, you know what, for some reason, it's like God's calling me into a time of fasting. I feel like we need to go into a, a, a time of fasting for Pueblo, for our church, and for other things. And so all the other pastors are like, yeah, we do too. For some reason, we sense that too. And so Kurt goes, well, you know what, if God is calling us to pray and fast, then, then if this is of him, I think God would be calling other churches to, 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 to go into a time of prayer and fasting. And, and so he said, when we get back to Pueblo, I'm going to call the Pueblo Association of Evangelicals, and I'm going to ask them if they have know of another church, another pastor that feels led to pray and fast over the city for 40 days. And so he got back in town, called the Pueblo Association of Evangelicals, and they're like, you're not going to believe this. There's this guy by the name of Phil Reynolds. Phil Reynolds went to Pueblo Christian Center. I don't know where he is now. But in 1998, he went to Pueblo Christian Center. And they said, you're not going to believe it. God is leading him to pray and fast for the city. And he's looking for Christians that will join with him. So we called Phil. And Phil says, I've already been down to city council. They've already voted in and approved a declaration of 40 days of prayer and fasting over Pueblo, Colorado. Can you believe that? City council voted in a proclamation in 1998 of 40 days of prayer and fasting over the city. And so we entered into a time of prayer and fasting. And so Karen and I, for 40 days, we prayed and we fasted over the city. And God did some amazing things, some surprising things in our personal life. Some surprising things in our church life. Uh, we did what is what is just called a normal fast. In other words, you 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 don't have you don't eat food. You don't eat any solid foods. You only drink liquids and juices and some of those other things. And and it was amazing what happened to us. I listen. I learned so much stuff. 
I learned how we are driven sometimes by our appetites, right? We are driven. I mean, we are thinking about food all the time, right? We can eat, we can eat, we can eat lunch, and we're always thinking about what we're having for dinner. We can eat dinner. We're worried what we're going to have for breakfast, right? I mean, if we're not careful, we are driven. Here's the crazy thing. When I went through that 40-day fast, I can tell you all the food groups that were invented and, and, and announced in that 40-day period. I still remember them. I mean, you, you just, I mean I'm watching TV, and so you, 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 you want to know what they were? Okay, here's what they were, because I know you want to know. Inquiring minds want to know, right? Lay's came out with baked Lay's. I mean, in the commercials, the crunching was like killing me. I mean, everybody else is probably looking at the supermodels, not me. My eyes are fo focused on the potato chips. I mean, that's all I could think about. And so, but Lay's came out with baked Lay's. Um, Pizza Hut came out with stuffed crust pizza. I mean, the greatest invention known to man. I'm like, really? I can't even have that. And so Pizza Hut came out with stuffed crust uh, pizza. That, then Hershey's Kisses came out. They put an almond in a kiss. I'm thinking that's an amazing combination right now. And I'm going to totally miss out. And so there's something about this issue of fasting that gives you this awareness. Oh, and then when you have hunger pains or when you have a desire when you have a desire for that, you come to the place that it's like, and it reminds you of God. It reminds you to pray. It reminds you that, guess what? Man, we are not, man is not, not sustained by bread alone, but by the very word of God. There's something about this issue to where you're just burdened. Listen, I, I have this burden not only for our community, but for our church. Man, it seems like just to me, I'm just, just me. That less and less people are praying. Can I get a little more personal? Less and less people and families are even praying before a meal. Even thanking God for his provisions, for his goodness for parents. One of the easiest ways for you and I to teach our kids the provisions of God, the blessings of God, the goodness of God is before we eat. And say, kids, he's the one that provides for us. And let's just pray and let's just, and let's just thank him for that. I got so convicted by this that, um, and it's, it's rare when it happens in Pueblo, and I know that I get that. When I'm out in public and I'll look over at a table and there's a family that, or a couple that's like praying before a meal. And I don't know what it does to you. I know what it does to me. It encourages me. It reminds me that guess what? We're not alone. Guess what? There's other believers in this city. Sometimes you could feel so alone like we're the only ones. And so I got into a habit that whenever I'd look over and I'd see a family that were willing to like join hands or just, just bow their heads and just like pray before a meal that I would just simply get up and walk over to them. I mean, embarrass Brittany to death, my oldest daughter. She hated this. And I'd get up and introduce myself after they prayed, not during it. And I'd say, hey, I'm a pastor in town, and I, man, I, just, I don't know you. I just want to tell you, man, way to go. I thank God for you. It's so encouraging to look over and see another family. They're not ashamed of their faith. And just willing, just willing to thank God. Just willing to thank God for their food. 
here a while back I did that. Brittany happened to be with us, with me. Brittany and I are in a restaurant, and, and so I look over, and there's like this family, and they have like their heads bowed. And I says, Brittany. And she goes, oh, Dad, please don't. And she's an adult. And she's like, please don't. So now she's an adult, and she thinks she gets to parent me, but that doesn't happen. And so I said, no, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go tell them. And so I get up and I start heading over to them. I get halfway, I abruptly turn around and come back and I got this shocked look on my face. And Brittany says, dad, what happened? I said, Brittany, they weren't praying. They were all texting. I mean, they, they, had, their, <laughs> they had their heads down in a phone. Fact is, you know what? That's one of the things you can fast. We're going to talk about that is one of the things, because listen, Food and social media, phones is such a distraction. No wonder God has a hard time sometimes getting our attention. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, and when you fast, don't look gloomy. In other words, don't call attention to yourself like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head Wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Watch this. Here's the promise. And your Father who sees in secret will what? Will reward you. Why hasn't anyone told us this sooner? Why are pastors quit talking about this? Man, this is a secret walk of the Christian life. Jesus himself said, guess what? When you fast, and when you do it with the right heart, and when you do it with the right attitude, guess what? I'll reward. There's blessings that I can tell you of so many blessings that are happening. They're not not all the time material blessings. They're blessings of something that God has done in my heart. He's done in my life. He's done in our family. He's answered a prayer. He's moved something forward. That's why Jesus said, when you fast, it when you pray. Jesus understood what happens when you couple these two things together. So let me give you the types of fasting so that, so that you, you know and understand. Fasting in the Greek simply means to go without nourishment, to go without distraction. So it's four different kinds of fast. That's where you're going to have to add a blank and add a bullet point if you're following along in the, in the, in the outline that we provide for you. And so the first one is called what I call a normal fast. It's probably the most common fast when you look in Scripture from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. It involves abstaining from all foods, uh, but, not, but, not, and, but not water, um, not, not juices and some of those other things. So it's just abstaining from food. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 2, when Jesus was tempted, he fasted for 40 days. When he came out of the fast, it said he was hungry, but it didn't say he was thirsty, which indicates that Jesus... Uh, withheld food but not water and so you know this you can go a lot longer without food than you can without water you can only go about two to three days without water but you can go a lot longer uh, without food than you can without water and so this is just the 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 practice and so so you could take it a normal fast and you can take and do it a day Uh, you can do it a meal Uh, you can do it three days you could do it four days you could do it the whole 21 days that's totally up to you Uh, but a normal fast is where you say you know what I'm going to withhold food. And when I have those hunger pains, when I have those desires, it's a reminder to me that man does not live by bread alone, but by the very words of God. 
And those, the times that I would have spent in, in eating or preparing, uh, I'm going to use to read scripture. I'm going to use to pray. I'm going to pull closer to God. And I'm going to ask God to do some special things. So the first one is this. It's just a normal fast. It's the fast that we did for those, those 40 days that, that I told you about. The next one is probably one of the most extreme fasts. It's a little bit, uh, um, it's kind of rare in scripture, but, but we could find evidence. It's called an absolute fast. An absolute fast, listen, normally this fast never lasted more than three days. But an absolute fast, you withhold food and water. And I mean, it, it's, it's an extreme. And listen, if, if you feel like the Lord's leading you to do this, I would encourage you to make sure your doctor says it's okay with any medical conditions or, or, or medication that you're taking. Because sometimes that's what limits us, the, if we could fast, and how we fast. But an absolute fast was really extreme. I mean, I, I had a pastor friend. That, that did an absolute fast, and he went longer than three days, and he damaged, like, his kidneys, and he had to deal with it for, like, the rest of his life. And so, so you just need to make sure that, that you, you enter into this with wise and understanding. So Acts chapter 9, verse 9, Saul's conversion, it says that Saul <coughs> fasted no food, no water for, like, like three, three days. <coughs> um, Queen Esther asked Mordecai, to fast and pray for three days, no food, no water. This is an absolute fast before he went and, and talked to the king. Uh, there, there, were, there were two times and two periods in Moses' life that he fasted like for 40 days um, where, where he didn't have any, any food or, 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 I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of a funny story. <laughs> Moses fasted for 40 days. Actually, Moses fasted the, the, the normal fast. He fasted the normal fast. I'm sorry, the absolute fast. He was one of the only ones, and he came into the presence of God. And technically, it was like 80 days. And so you probably remember the story, right? Uh, Moses went up to the mountain to get, the, to get the, uh, the Ten Commandments. He met with God. He's in the presence of God. And he fasted for the whole 40 days. And remember, at the end of the 40 days, God told like Moses, he interrupted the whole thing. And says, you need to get back down there. Aaron's like lost his ever-loving mind. And he's taking their gold jewelry. And he's melting it down. And he's making this like golden calf. And they're like worshiping the golden calf. So you need to get down there. You need to do something about that. And so Moses comes down off the mountain. Moses gets angry, right? Remember the story? Moses gets angry. And he takes their golden calf. And he grinds it up. And he puts it in their water. And he forces them to drink it. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, he's mad. He's like, you want to worship that golden calf so much? I'm going to grind it up. I'm putting it in water, and I'm going to make you drink it. I think if I was one of those people, I would have told Moses, no thanks. I prefer my water decaf. And so, uh, yeah, you'll get that later. I know that's weak, right? Some of you get that on your way home. Oh, I'm at Starbucks. No, I get that. And so... Uh, and so Moses, Moses went 80 days of that fast. I mean, God gave him the Ten Commandments, and he came into the presence of God. Elijah, Elijah fasted. Daniel fasted. And when you start looking at these fasts, fact is Daniel did, that's the third one, Daniel did a, pa a partial fast. A partial fast is this, is you just give up a food. Or you give up a food group. Remember when Daniel... Uh, fasted, and he fasted for 21 days, and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go without meat. 
I'm just going to eat fruits and vegetables. Basically, Karen pointed this out to me. Daniel went plant-based. And so Daniel went plant-based. He said, no meat for me. I told her, basically, I'm plant-based too. (laughs) Except for beef, chicken, fish, bacon, salami. You know what that white stuff is in salami? Vitamins. That's what that white stuff is. If you're wondering, when you slice vitamins, you see that white stuff? Them are vitamins, and so it's good for you. And so I'm plant-based except for all that meat stuff. Daniel, Daniel fasted 21 days. It's like a partial fast, and he just gave up a food group. He says, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to eat this food. I'm not going to have this. Here's the crazy thing. Only Daniel saw the vision. Wasn't it Jesus that told us, if you fast, I'll reward you. And that reward may not have anything to do with, with money and, 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 and blessings like that. It may create more hunger in you to where you have an awareness of him greater. Or he answers that, that prayer for you. Here, here's the last one. And, and so you may think, oh, no, now you've gone like from preaching to meddling. What I call a soul fast or a media fast. You know what? Food may not be your issue. Food is not really what's driving you and what's really driving your appetite. So you'd say, you know, I really don't have a problem with food. But for some of you, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Some of you, it could be the best year of your life if you would just get off social media for 21 days. Quit listening to what everybody's posting and saying about you on Facebook. I don't know if you realize this or not, but we use the word follow, right? Follow Christ. And the reason we follow Christ is so he can influence us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uses that same term, right? You follow someone on Facebook. Do you know this? When you follow someone on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of the social media platforms, when you follow someone, do you realize you give them the right to influence your life? That ever happened to you? Whether it's something they've said about you, whether it's something they posted, they posted their perfect life, or they posted their highlight clips, or they posted the most amazing food or the most amazing vacation ever, and you're going through a difficult time in your life, and you're like, you know what, why do they always get the great stuff and I get like nothing? The greatest thing some of you could do is say, you know what, we're just getting off social media. 21 days. I'm just going to pull away. I'm not going to let the world, I'm not going to let Facebook influence me. I'm not going to deal with all that. Some of you would do well to say, you know what, I'm just going to get off Netflix. I know. I went to Madeline, right? I I noticed the nervous laughter at every service. I'm going to quit binge watching one relentless show after another that at the end of the day added nothing to my life. For me, it was just escape. So I didn't have to think. I didn't have to feel. I'm going to replace that time. Maybe scripture, prayer, asking God to do something in my life. Listen, I'm telling you, you can talk to both of our daughters right now, Brittany or Amanda. God led us when our girls were young to go into a a media fast. It looked different in those days. We didn't have cell phones in those days. And so what that meant for us is, is we led our family and we said, you know what, for 21 days, 
We're not going to watch any TV. We're not going to watch any movies. We're not going to have any magazines. We're not going to watch any of that stuff. And we're just going to come home and we're going to be a family. They would tell you that was the most amazing 21 days of, of being a child in our home. <coughs> you know what that forced us to do? Sit around the table and get to know each other. We started playing Monopoly and Sorry and some of those other games, and they had their favorite games. And we'd sit at a table. We were no longer distracted by the stuff from outside, but only stuff from inside. It's like that family that I got up and was headed over to their table to compliment them for praying. I don't, know, I don't know if they were just texting each other or on Facebook or what. But I thought they don't even know the other ones at the table. They have become so distracted with the world, I don't even know if they know each other any longer. And some of you, that might be the, that might be the answer for us. And so just real quickly, when we fast, just when we fast, we, the first thing is this, we fast when God calls us. There's so many times in Scripture, examples in Scripture, we go into a fast when, when God calls us. Moses and Elijah went in Deuteronomy chapter 9, is Exodus chapter 34, and Moses to get the Ten Commandments, Elijah to get a word from God, and, and so it was clear that God was calling them. And here's another time when we fast, when I'm broken over personal sin. This was Pastor Isaiah's issue. He was broken over, past, uh, personal, he was broken over the sin the personal sin of, like, his community. Uh, there's other times in Scripture, David and some others went into, went into a fast, and they were broken over their personal sin. They had a sin issue. They had something that was driving them that they couldn't say no to. Here's, here's what I've learned about fasting real quickly. You realize real quickly how driven we are by our desires, how driven we are by our appetites, how, the, how our appetites, our desires, if we're not careful can like drive us. And, and when you fast, all of a sudden you realize how strong that is. Is that stronger than your appetite for God? Is that stronger than your, than your desire for God? Uh, Friday, Karen and I, Friday evening, Karen and I went to a movie. We went and saw um, something about a dog. I just, I've, when something calls. Call of the Wild, thank you. And so we went and we saw that movie, Call of the Wild. And so, and so you know what? Do you realize advertisers understand this principle better than most Christians that we're drive, driven by our appetites? So we don't like to admit that. And so that's why that when you're in the movie and you haven't bought anything, they're like pouring the glass of Coke and you can hear the fizzing. You can almost taste it. They're popping the popcorn, right? And you can almost smell the popcorn. I mean, you know what they're doing? They're trying to move you by your appetites to go to the concession stand. None of that really affected me until this man walks into the theater holding a cherry Slurpee. I mean, I watched him from the moment he went in all the way to his seat. And I'm like staring at that cherry Slurpee. And, and, and so I'm like, oh, I want a cherry Slurpee so bad, but I didn't want to pay $15 for it because I'm tight. <laughs> right? And I'm like, I thought about that cherry Slurpee all the way through the movie. That's probably the reason I couldn't even tell the title. I mean, I'm thinking cherry Slurpee. And so I, I want a cherry Slurpee. And so all the way home, you know what we do? I roll in loafing jug, and I buy one for 99 cents. And I mean, I, mean, I save $14. And, and so that's a big day for me. And so I got a cherry Slurpee, and Carrie's laughing. We're pulling into loafing jug, and she says, I knew you couldn't do it. I knew you couldn't do it. And so there's something about this issue. Listen, I'm telling you, there's something about this issue. Do you have a personal sin issue? 
And that appetite is driving you. And you want to break it? You know what you learn in fasting? That God's word is more powerful, stronger than your personal appetites. God, I desired you. I want to develop an appetite for you greater than any other appetite I may have. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6 says, So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, it's, it's over personal sin. <coughs> we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of the Israel at Mizpah. And so they confessed everything. Here's another one when I'm interceding for others. Sometimes we fast and pray when I'm interceding for others. And, and you go into this period. And, and have you ever gone, have, have you ever had a loved one? Got a horrible diagnosis. Going through a breakup, going through an issue. Have you, has it ever moved you to the places? You know what? I'm going to pray and fast on their behalf. Can I, can I just ask you something? This is, just for, this is just for you to answer in your mind. Don't say this out loud. Don't even answer it out loud. If you, if you wrote out all the prayers that you've asked God this last week, are they all about you? God bless me. God help me. God give me. God take care of this for me. God change that person so my life is better. Are there any prayers? You're praying for someone else? You're asking God to do something special in their life to answer prayer, to take care of them. It's a health issue, a financial issue, a relational issue. There's something about this issue of prayer and fasting when we come to the place and say, you know what, I'm going to cry out to the Lord on behalf of. We've done that in our family. We've done that in our family when someone got a horrible diagnosis. Someone's walking through a horrible situation. We're fasting for you. We're fasting for God to take care of you. Here's another one. When I'm, when I'm seeking an answer, when I just come to the place, when I'm, I, am just, I am seeking an answer, I am asking God, I, I, just, I just need an answer. I just need God to tell me what to do. I just need God to reveal his will to me. Another reason that we fast is when we're just burdened over a situation. We're burdened over a situation in our community, our church, our family, the relationships. And because of that, I'm, I'm just going to pray and fast. This morning, I'm, I'm inviting you. I am inviting you into a 21-day fast as a church. We're going to guide you. we got things on our website. You can grab prayer guides on your way out. And let's just see together what God will do in our individual lives and in our church. And I'm just praying that you will join with us, and this will be the greatest 21 days. We'll hear story after story after story is what God did in our church when a group of people just drew close to him and prayed. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?